Shi'ar Jeshub Christian Tabernacle in Madison, Connecticut welcomes you to this edition of Shi'ar Jeshub. Let's join Pastor Greg Scalzo as he continues the Heavenly Authority series. Last week we had a sermon on holiness and a key scripture that we read is also uh, central to our study on heavenly authority. The scripture was in 1 Peter chapter 2, verses 4 and 5 and verse 9. Coming to him as to a living stone, rejected indeed by men, but chosen by God and precious, you also as living stones are being built up a spiritual house, a holy priesthood, to offer up spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God through Jesus Christ. And verse 9, But you are a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, his own special people, that you may proclaim the praises of him who called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. We are the temple. Believers in Jesus Christ are the temple of the living God. And in the heavenly authority study, we spent a good deal of time studying the old covenant system that God established with the earthly tabernacle, the earthly temple, the earthly priesthood in Aaron and his descendants, the hierarchy, the layers of approach to God as the men had a certain place they went to as apart from the women, and the priests then could go into the holy place, but only the high priest once a year with the incense blocking our view of the mercy seat could go into the most holy place. So there was this Levitical system of layers in the approach to God. But as we've seen in the New Testament covenant, in the New Testament church, we are to be something different. We all have access. The veil is broken. And not just the priests, not just the high priest, not just the Levites, not just the Jewish men, not just the Jewish men and women, not just the Samaritans, but from every nation, tribe, and tongue, we can approach, we can come into the presence of God. We ought to be something different, a chosen people, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, God's own special people, that we may proclaim the praises of him who called us out of darkness into his marvelous light. It's God's heart's desire a kingdom of priests, a holy nation under the covenant of grace as the trumpet of victory sounds and we all now can go up the mountain in the victory of Jesus Christ. And we read, remember in Hebrews chapter 8 and verse 13, in that he says a new covenant, in that he says a new covenant, he has made the first obsolete now what is becoming obsolete and growing old is ready to vanish away. A new covenant, a new people, a holy people. That's review. But it's important to what we want to speak about in this next section of the series on heavenly authority. We would like now to learn from the New Testament what the Bible teaches us about respect for authority and the limits of that respect. And we touched on this a little bit when we studied the section from Matthew chapter 23, 
when Jesus taught that we are all brethren. Remember that? Uh, Matthew chapter 23 and verse 8. But you do not be called rabbi, for one is your teacher, the Christ, and you are all brethren. You're all brothers. Do not call anyone on earth your father, for one is your father, he who is in heaven. And do not be called teachers, for one is your teacher, the Christ. But he who is greatest among you shall be your servant. And whoever exalts himself will be humbled, and he who humbles himself will be exalted. We are all brethren. And at that time, we said that there is a dynamic balance in the New Testament with a proper respect for God's servants and his work through them on one hand, and the principle of not unnaturally exalting an individual or a group of individuals into a position which only Jesus Christ should hold, on the other hand. And there is that balance. Respect, and yet not lifting people up where they don't belong. But there's a few other points we need to see. In Matthew chapter 23, it actually forms a wonderful basis for a study in heavenly authority, just like Matthew chapter 24 uh, formed a wonderful basis when we did the study of eschatology of last day events some time back. Uh, let's reread back in Matthew 23 in verses 1 to 4. Then Jesus spoke to the multitudes and to his disciples, saying, The scribes and the Pharisees sit in Moses' seat. Therefore, whatever they tell you to observe, that observe and do. But do not do according to their works, for they say and do not do. For they bind heavy burdens hard to bear, and lay them on men's shoulders, but they themselves will not move them with one of their fingers. And you remember we read that, but we want to go a little more in depth into who these people are and Jesus' reaction to their authority. And from that, I think we can learn a little bit about respect and the limits of respect. The Pharisees were a religious political party in Israel, a sect of Judaism. They had their roots in a group of faithful Jews of the second century BC called the Hasidim, who had insisted on strict observance of Jewish law in the face of pagan Greek Hellenistic influence on the Jews. The Greeks ruled, the Greek culture ruled in that area, and the Jewish people were running after Hellenistic ways, and the Hasidim went back to strict Judaism and called the people back. A matter of fact, the word Pharisee comes from the word to be separate, a separatist or a separated person, separated from Hellenism, from paganism, from the, the Greek way of life, the Greek culture. And the name also came to mean to interpret, from the meaning of the word to divide, to be separate, to divide, and then it came to mean to interpret, to rightly divide, the word of truth, to interpret, and unlike the Sadducees, which came exclusively, for the most part, from the aristocracy, the Pharisees were largely middle class. They were businessmen, they were merchants, they were tradesmen. And so, since many of the Pharisee religion, the persuasion, had no formal education, they had to rely heavily on the scribes. 
the religious Pharisees, the leaders, the scribes of their group. And it was a distinctive feature of the Pharisees to have a strong commitment to observing the law as it was interpreted and applied by the scribes. And the scribes were mostly Pharisees. So the Pharisees, being the more common people, needed their religious leaders who were scholars and they could write, they could read, and they depended heavily on their interpretation of the law. And the scribes were mostly Pharisees. Now the Sadducees consisted usually of the high priesthood, and most of the powerful members of the Sanhedrin were Sadducees. The chief priests usually came from the Sadducees. For that matter, there's a debate over where the word Sadducee comes from, and a good argument can be made that the name Sadducee comes from, comes off the word for the sons of Zadok, Zadok being the high priest, as you know, in the time of David. They also included many wealthy lay people and rich landowners. Uh, and there is a debate on whether the Sadducees accepted all the Old Testament scriptures, meaning not just the Torah, but the prophets and the writings, all the books that we have now in the Old Testament. But there is no debate in the fact that their theology gave predominance, heavy predominance, only to the first five books of Moses, the Pentateuch. And in their misinterpretation of these, not emphasizing the writings, not emphasizing the prophets, they denied the immortality of the soul. They denied an afterlife. There was no existence to them after death. There was no punishment, no reward, no resurrection of the dead. They denied an internal spirit in man, and they minimized any spiritual or angelic realm. What was here was here, and that was it. And the first five books told you how to live your life in this world, and so the other writings, even if they accepted them, and there's debate on whether they accepted the writings, the Psalms, the prophets, they were minimized compared to the first five books of Moses, the Pentateuch. But the Pharisees, to whom Jesus is addressing here, the Pharisees were not like that. They had a zeal for the law and a zeal and a love for all the scriptures, the law, the prophets, the writings, the Psalms, etc. So they had, the Pharisees had the right basis. Paul was a Pharisee. They had the right foundation. And because they accepted all the Old Testament scriptures, they expected the Messiah. They believed in a future after death. They believed in the immortality of the soul, that there would be a future resurrection of the dead, that there are angels, that there is a spiritual realm, we have a spirit. A problem they had was that, as well as that, they took and then lifted up their oral law their oral tradition, the teachings of the scribe. This was their leaven. And they handed down regulation in religious things. They saw their oral law as a boundary of protection around the written word of God. But in so doing, they lifted it up in competition with God's word. So you have the traditions of the elders, as Jesus spoke about, sometimes nullifying in practice, not in principle, the Word of God, because they gave it equal standing with God's Word. Even though the Word of God was sacred, they gave so much attention to the oral traditions 
that it could, in fact, nullify and practice the Word of God. But they did have the Word of God. You compare it to all the uh, pagans around them. The Romans didn't have it. The Greeks didn't have it, right? None of the nations, all the barbarians, they didn't have it, right? And Israel itself is all confused. We see that with the Sadducees. At least the Pharisees had the Scriptures. They had the Word of God. And they enjoyed a good deal of popular support because many were ordinary people, the bourgeois laymen, as opposed to the powerful priests and the rich landowners. And there were some priests and Levites who were Pharisees. They were relatively a small number, but there were a number of them. The average person, because they were ordinary people, they saw the Pharisees many times as the pious men of Israel. Unfortunately, as we see in Matthew 23, even though they had the right foundation, the right basis, pride, hypocrisy, the wanting of the praise of men, all those things we study, the desiring for an outward appearance of pious shows, the trap of any religious people, be it in Israel or in Christianity, caused them to miss the very one they were looking for Messiah, to miss the very one who they were waiting for. You can visit our website at www.shiarjashub.org. The website has an archive of Bible study programs, both new and old, with in-depth analysis as well as anointed preaching. The address again is www.shear-jashub.org. May the Lord bless you as you serve Him.